We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is uh, a Sunday evening, that means one thing, it means the professionals. Um, and welcome to Mitch and Stu, how are you lads? All good, mate. All good, good to see you. And um, an hour to chat about Newcastle United. Uh, they never disappoint, there's always something to talk about. And um, let's start with the result yesterday, Mitch. 4-1, um, fair to say it was resounding. The uh, uh, As Dougie says, the Chelsea are back on course. Uh, line has now disappeared into a puff of smoke. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that was a great second-half performance. First half wasn't bad. Second half, second half was a masterclass. Um, and again, with three goalkeepers as substitutes on the bench and a whole host of youngsters, and uh, Lewis Miley bossing the centre of midfield at 17 years of age, um, have any Castle fans really got anything to complain about? I, I think not. And I love the reaction from the senior players after that pass for uh, the open goal. They all wanted Miley over um, with Isaac to celebrate and to make sure everybody knew who made that pass into the box. I wonder I wonder if he's one of these kids who gets a little bit of imposter syndrome and starts to he needs to believe in himself a little bit more and everybody around him can see how talented he is. Because that seemed to be all about getting Lewis Miley's really up um in part of that celebration because he did so bloody well and he did the whole game. Um I think you're right. First half was a good performance. Second half was fantastic. Uh relentless work rate we they couldn't match us anywhere on the pitch second half uh and i to see some of our fans today having a whinge about this and a whinge about that uh london must be very wet at the moment with the combined tears of arsenal and chelsea fans uh, people must be wading up to their bloody uh angles in in tears uh but we did you know we deserved that that was that was fantastic performance what a way to set us up to go to Paris. Uh, what a way to set us up to look at this week of fixtures and say, right, here we are, um, back on track. And some of the real young'uns got some time on the pitch, which is fantastic as well. Great, great to see. 
you know, yeah. and I think we, um, we, we look at what we can take out of that and then looking at the games ahead, I suspect between combination of injuries and people made unavailable, uh, has Eddie just sort of picked the team whereby he says, right, I know I've got a great, good first 11 here and let's rest who we can, where we can, to take a few minutes out of their legs and it's paid off to perfection. I think he, he, I think that the team repaid him in spades and what a fantastic second half performance. Thoughts, then, Stu? Just have to echo what Mitch said. I thought the second half was outstanding. Um, probably on a par, if not better, than against Villa in the first game of the season. The, to me, the fitness, the desire, and the togetherness shone through, uh, and that's what won us the game. It was the, just the belief that the the could win, would win. and as Mitch said there, they, I think they felt that they owed each other and to the fans and to the manager for what happened at Bournemouth, and they, they put them to the sword. Chelsea were comfortably beaten, uh, and it could have been so much more. But I think at the start of the game, apart from myself, I think everyone would have took four one, wouldn't it? Yeah. What? No doubt about it. Does um, uh, you know? Was a, tell was a tell you something else. We we picked up on um, early in the second half, uh, and I don't know if anybody else did, but the way Chelsea were playing reminded us of PSV, PSG rather, when they couldn't St James's Park. They thought that all the time in the world to pass it round at the back and they did themselves, and it was very very similar in that second half. That you know the 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 strolling around uh, Thiago Silva in particular, like he had all all the time in the world on the ball. Um, and he had that thing in the corner where he, he basically beat himself and fell over his own legs, and then obviously that duff pass that Joe Linton picked up for the third. Um, and it really was that kind of calibre of performance against a team who obviously were carrying a degree of arrogance that they could do what they wanted at St James's Park. Well, we've just shown the world you can't. Yeah, I'd still say that Shaw was man the match. I, I think his performances are outstanding. He, was, he nearly scored what would have been goal of the season as well with his wrong foot. Uh, and it's great to watch uh, Livermentino, one of his, the, the, he played left back when he's normally right back. Livermentino. what a player. He, he's got such a future. I know all the um, focus has been on Miley, but uh, Livermentino was, was equally outstanding. Uh, and I, I, he just go through the team and everyone got better as the game went on. You know, there was a, a bit of trepidation to start with, but I think Chelsea only had about a five or ten minute spell the whole game. And Nick Pope made an excellent save to keep us in the game. And, and then from there, the conference just grew. We, we literally blew them away. Yeah, I've got to be honest. Uh, I thought uh, Trippier and Libramento were our men of the match. I can see where you're coming from with Shaw. I mean, the back four was outstanding. I, I mean, Pope probably was a little shaky at times yesterday. Pulled off one superb save that I can remember. But other than that, back four was outstanding. And I think credit to credit to Eddie Howe and uh, you know as well that the youngsters came on yesterday and the youngsters ran ran you know the socks off. That they, they just followed the same they followed the same remit that everybody else does. The anyone who's come on this season, whether it's Jamal Lascelles, Paul Dummett, Matt Ritchie. Um, you know, or any of the youngsters that have come on over the course of the last few weeks, everyone gets gets the the you know the the plan, the game plan. They know what they're doing. I, I loved it as well when the youngsters made made a mistake yesterday. They didn't get their head down. They just carried on, and and you know there was there was a couple of moments yesterday where 
it would have been easy for a kid to cave after after you know in front of a fifty two thousand you know seat that crowd. Yeah, Newcastle were winning, and it can be easier when you're winning. But um, you know they didn't let their heads go, and they, they, they put in the best performance they could. And you know it's 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 great. It's it's absolutely fantastic for me. And um, you know the, the it's the silver lining that that comes with the the doom and gloom of the the injuries. And you know it it really put a, it put the doom merchants back in their place after they defeated Bournemouth. Um, they can't do it every week. Um, the two week break did us a big favour, and uh, yeah, there's there was some great performance yesterday. I've got to be honest. The interesting thing to come out of yesterday was social media, and it was the uh, the tweet by me, Dad, um, and then Jamie Rubin, and and choosing yesterday's game, um, you know, a four one win to to highlight something that they feel maybe is a slight shortcoming. Um, it, it, you know, that we need to get behind these, you know, this team, more or less is what they were saying, you know, that the atmosphere probably hasn't been as good as it, as it could be. Um, some people have criticised them coming out, you know, on social media and saying it. Um, a lot of people have got their own opinions as to why you're tapping. I did find something on Newcastle United Supporters Club Facebook, which I think probably encapsulates one side of it. And it was by a kid called Ant Coulthard, who says, I totally understand what Miadad and Jamie are saying, but they need to take part of the blame for what the employees are creating. I can only speak from experience, and the tourist fans are becoming a huge problem. Yesterday alone in the bar, I spoke to a group of five blokes on a trip from down south, not one of them a Toon fan. Another group of four from Yorkshire, asking the way to the ground, none of them Toon fans. On the way to the ground, I spoke to three lads from London. One of their dads was a fan, but the other two were Spurs fans. Then I spoke to a group of four Scottish fellas who won the tickets in a raffle. Every one of these 15 blokes, one of them may, be, uh, may have been able to contribute, so I'll leave him out, all stated they could not wait to sample our atmosphere. Well, that's your problem. If I'm meeting 15 fellas who categorically cannot contribute to that atmosphere, we've got a huge issue. Because that's the only people I spoke to. How many more tourists did everyone else meet? Then you add the corporate fans into the mix as well. This is getting worse and worse every game. The ticket system needs an overhaul or just go back to the old way. The locals were getting in as they needed to put the time and effort uh, into the mix as well. This is getting, um, what else is it? Get the local support back in the ground uh, to save our atmosphere. Interesting, <laughs> interesting that. I, I, the last bit, I've, I've got to be honest, bring the locals back in. I, I mean, come on, are we really, are we really going down that kind of route? But I've got his point about the tourists, and this comes back to ticketing, which we've spoken about many times on here. But let's focus on the atmosphere, not the ticketing. The atmosphere has been like this for me, Mitch, since all seater stadiums came in. The, the regeneration of grounds after the Taylor report changed football forever because you have to sit in an allocated seat that you buy and season ticket holders have your allocated seat means you, you, you're sitting with somebody who you see every game. You can't move around and you can't walk to an area which is renowned for singing. So in the past, we've tried our best to bring in singing areas. We have um, we, we've now got the, the strawberry corner, which is probably infamous for that kind of uh, that kind of atmosphere. You've got part of level seven in the leases uh, in the leases end which essentially is, is, is also like a, a designated area for people who like to sing. But in, in general, you know, at parts of the game, at parts of the game, people 
around the ground will sing, you know, stand up if you love the tunes, one that gets everybody out their feet. And But the, the atmosphere is not the same. It is not the same as it was. And that's not just Newcastle. That's every single stadium, the length and breadth of the UK in the Premier League and in the Championship. And, and away fans tend to create an atmosphere. If you get a good away contingent who are constantly singing, then you tend to find the home support will respond. But again, it, it depends what's happening on the pitch because it's down to it's down to people, you know, how the team's playing or the team entertaining you. Um, there's so many different things that come into it. But we seem to be now having a, a lot of discussion among supporters to say that it's the it's the tickets, it's this, it's that, it's the other. Um, but was it the right time for me and Dad and then Jamie to jump in on it? I'm interested to hear what you lads have got to see on this. I think, again, it's it's not so much what, what he said. It is the timing. The, 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 the timing of it all seems quite curious to me. Um, what you say is quite right. Anfield's not what it used to be. And, and we're going down a similar route. We've got the war flags doing stuff before the game. In the way they do what they do before the game with the scarves and flags and various anthems, some of which get up my nose and some of which don't. Um, and um, but during the game, the, the last few times I've been Anfield during the game, it's been not what it was. Um, we definitely are in this place which was always going to be part of the grown pains. And I think my time as an expat has changed my overview of it quite considerably um, compared to when I had never lived outside of the country. Um, but we've got this desire to grow and to become bigger. And part of the price on that ticket was always global type flam base is going to mean quote unquote tourists etc coming to the ground i was stunned as this you would tell you in dortmund to hear that somebody had been stopped by someone on the way in the ground and asked by two two people with tickets in our end which color newcastle were playing in <laughs> um, that's gotta be a joke that was true it, it genuinely was not a joke. <laughs> like, what the proper WTF moment, you know? Um, it's it's a difficult one to solve because we need that global growth and the ability for people from outside of the area to make a, make a trip to come and see St. James's Park. But we also... Um, have to recognize and and again during that meeting through the week now i've seen some transcripts of it um a couple of times they corrected themselves away from talking about global fan base to suddenly but yes of course the backbone of support is the bread and butter people from newcastle um it's very very difficult to square that circle and again it comes back to this the line I can keep saying to them, you're trying to be all things to all people and you're going to fail everybody. And and I find the timing of that criticism of the fans, um, I've seen 
Darren's response from NUSC, and I can understand why he's upset about that, particularly at the minute, whereby um, because of the process of incorporating supporters clubs as official supporters clubs, um, there's no seat at the table for NUSC um, going forward in the short term, if nothing else, with the fans' advisory board because they're not an official ratified supporters club the way we are in Dubai yet. That process is still with legals, which is a term we've heard me use a load in the last few weeks. Um, all of these things that are going on are part of the growth of Newcastle United, and I embrace it all. I accept that some of it is the price on the ticket, but at a time when ticketing is such a, seems to be such a shambles and is creating division, we're seeing today people posting, right, I'm off to, off to Paris, and people rightly asking, well, hang on, how have they got a ticket, and how have they got a ticket, but that one hasn't got a ticket, and that one hasn't. Um, it's creating problems. And some of these are self-created by decisions within the club about how they want to do certain things. Um, so they have to own it, and that feels like it's being turned back on us, and that's not fair. That's not right. Um, and I find the timing of it quite baffling. I don't understand why now, why pick now? Um, on the back of a fantastic game, the atmosphere didn't sound muted to me over the telly here in Dubai, I can tell you that. And certainly the atmosphere in Dubai wasn't muted. I was not want it. Exactly. I think the state of our heads this morning would probably verify <laughs> that. Um, and, yeah, I, I do. I find the, the timing peculiar. I understand what what they're saying but um it, it just feels a little bit like a bit of a stomach punch what did you make of it Stu? is it are we taking it too personally i mean this is the problem with text messages tweets um you only get a certain amount of you know letters to use on a tweet and you know, is that something that you expected to see off me, Dad? Is he is he testing the water to see what kind of reaction he gets, or was it just a flippant comment out of the blue, or was he generally upset at what he thought was a poor atmosphere? What what what's your what was your thoughts when you first saw that? First saw it, uh, I had to read it two or three times, and that was nothing to do with the alcohol consumption. And I was looking, thinking, surely not. But then I was thinking, was it naive? Um, is he that much out of touch? Has he read the room completely wrong? But then the more I thought about it, uh, the skeptic in me, the way I'm, the way I've interpreted it now is, perhaps it's a long-term strategy uh, about moving grounds to say, look, the we can't get you all in. It's this uh, the supply and demand scenario, isn't it? So it's it's testing the water because the that fans meeting that went last week where the fans weren't allowed to ask questions, you had to write questions in, and then it was which questions we're going to ask. It was all it was all staged. So there's, there's a big lack of communication between the fans and the club. And perhaps Darren Eels and uh, Silverstone, thank you for watching, have uh, went back to their superiors and said, yes, we've, the fans are with us, everything's going the right way. And me and dad's maybe thought, let's just check this out. And putting a tweet out like that, he, he must know what was coming. 
and, and again, it's what, what they get told, they might get told everything's wonderful because it's whoever's telling them. And, and I think you, you touched on it on Amigos. There is a lot of self-serving among certain groups who are making sure that they get tickets and their priorities are better than other people's priorities, etc. And there is simpler solutions, but they don't seem to want to listen or even act on them. And I think the fans' frustrations comes from the complete mess that is trying to book tickets online with the queuing system and everything else. So it, it, it comes a knock-on effect, but to criticise atmosphere, it, it may just have been a bit of a case of, come on, lads, the, the, it, was, it could have been aimed at praising the players for their intensity, because that was the word he used, for the effort they put in, and ex expected or hoped that the fans would reciprocate that on a more consistent basis. But as we've already discussed, and I'm sure it'll be discussed on many platforms over the coming weeks and months, it's difficult. When you're going to a game, and the way the tickets are, it's unless you've got a season ticket and you've had it for a long time and you're sitting with your, your mates, if you're lucky to get one in this ballot, you've no idea who you're sitting next to. So it's human nature to be a bit more reserved when you're when you're amongst strangers. In effect, these people are strangers. And then you get the overspill of the frustration of, of fans who aren't able to get in or willing to go. When you hear stories like people asking where the ground is now, I'm not sure people can ask where the ground is in your castle because anywhere you stand, you can see the thing. So they may be asking where they're, you know, which stands, which, which, which stands that. But we will become a tourist club because that's the globalization of the sport. And as Mitch just said there, that's the price on the ticket. In a way, it's a good thing, but they could do it better where section it off, have two to 300 tickets sectioned off for tourist fans. Uh, or international fans through the uh, through this ballot, but I think what's causing the most anger is not a tweet from her dad. It's when people can't get in the ground, and then you you're seeing them the tickets advertised at hugely inflated prices. Who really benefits from that? Do the other club getting a kickback from that? Because if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it, uh, and it would be too difficult to stop it just by buying the tickets themselves. Finding out who was selling them and then banning them. Didn't Silverstone say that he tried to buy some tickets at this meeting? He tried to buy some yeah, tickets. We saw that. And there, was, and, there was, and there wasn't any. Yeah, and, and that also that they had bought some, then they were able to find out where they'd come from. I think there was two two lines of, of chat about that. Of course there um, is. It's in, they'll have a document to see who's yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to know where, for example, in that bit that you read out, four lads coming up because they'd won the tickets in a raffle. Where the hell do four tickets end up with a raffle? It's not like going down the club at the end of the meat draw. And it, it's all the players are getting and staff. Now it's extended staff seem to be getting tickets. Uh, in the olden days, well, back in the, even the Keegan era, and afterwards, it was two tickets per player. And that's what they were allowed. But now it seems when you hear stories that uh, certain players are getting 40 tickets for Dortmund, that's that's ridiculous, you know. And as, as Mark Byers, he's, he's right there, but as he said earlier, what? And I know we've touched on this previously, but Silverstone's just doing a copy paste of what he did at Arsenal, and he's and if you remember, I had a little bit of a rant saying that we're working class, we're not middle class. But if they're only listening to middle class people and they think that's the, they represent the 
traditional fan base, then they will think everything's great. Because if you're speaking to someone who's getting a ticket, then of course they're going to tell you everything's wonderful if they're going to get a ticket constantly. So maybe they should be doing more open forums or actually rather than just slapping each other on the back, be a bit more attentive and say, we want to listen, engage with the fans and say, we want to listen, we want to respond, we want to give you the best service possible. Because on the pitch, they're doing it. In the transfer windows, they're doing it. But the most important thing about support the club is get the opportunity to go and see them. And so, of course, people are going to be angry when you've got fans who aren't supporters of the club getting in in front of you. And it's a case of money talking. And then you can't then blame that on the atmosphere of the of the fans that are remaining. So it's it's solvable if they really want to solve it. And, and that's, that's the key. Do they really want to solve it or are we just looking at the finance sheets and thinking, yeah, everything's great, we're creating more, we're generating more money now. So that's the question they need to ask themselves, really. Peter Silverstone is somebody who had a great deal of success, you know, doing this at other places. His remit is to increase the commercial revenue and, you know, he will do that. I saw that um, that tweet that somebody put out, um, you probably saw it, Mitch, that uh, Spenny sent, of uh, the padded seat guy on uh, Twitter who goes to yeah. the cor- goes to the corporate areas and reviews uh, different corporate areas. Is it value for money for the ticket price? So he was at the uh, the rooftops, which was six hundred and fifty quid for a ticket. Um, he did like a, a video walking in, getting greeted, getting his match program, his badge, his food. Um, I mean, look, hey, it looked it looks great. Uh, there's no doubt about it. The view, as we know, up in you know in that level is 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 you know not as good as it would be if you were sitting where your dad sits, for example. But it's it was it was a good bit of PR. Um, it didn't it, it didn't have a go at it, and that's what I guess is expected from these corporate areas. There's more and mm-hmm. more of that. So again, I don't think we've got an issue with that. I think I think where the club is letting itself down at this moment in time. Is is the is a bit of transparency with what's going on? I think that's what's got people knocked. I haven't seen Darren Curry's um, you know tweet yet, but I can imagine what it would say. So I'm, I will have a look at it after the show. But but ultimately, you know, certain certain groups who are you know or have you know met up with the likes of Darren Eels and, and maybe Silverstone, etc. You know, they've you know they, they've got at least a their ear. They've got an opportunity to say this is what supporters want. I just hope that. I hope the clubs start taking the feedback from 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 everybody. Send it, send the email out to season ticket holders. You probably only get twenty percent who reply to it, but do that. And and if the trust are going to have a meeting, go and communicate with them and feedback. But there needs to be more transparency, Mitch. What you know, we've got communication, which is what we've we've wanted for years. We've we've gone on about it for years, but ultimately we just need a little bit more. Um, transparency, especially with with ticketing and the ground, mm. I can imagine they've probably got lots of things they can't say about the ground. They're probably, if if, if you know the, the the plans will be at a very early stage, whether they're going to rebuild on top or whether they're going to get a new ground, how they're going to do it. But ultimately, what they need to do is, you know, they, they just need to be a little bit more open about certain things, which they can be open about, and stop this stop this situation, which. For me, is a bit like divide and conquer. Um, you know, they're, they're making fans fight amongst each other, and that's what we're seeing at the moment. We can see it in the chat. Dave saying, "What is a real fan? Is a real fan someone that jacked their season ticket in?" We're getting a lot of this. Um, in, not in the 
good banter in the chat, but I've seen this on Twitter today. Lots and lots of people are, you know, lots and lots of people discussing it. And John Spence, we'll have to talk about it, mate. It's important. It's not about tickets. It's about the owner and talking about the atmosphere. It's not about the tickets. So go on, Mitch. Well, no, I think it's one thing to have a line of communication. It's another thing to feel communicated with. Yeah. And I think we've got one and not the other at the minute. I think a lot of people are feeling like they don't matter or can't have a say. Um, I'm quite passionate about certain things and that, that might overspill the night, so I'm going to have to be careful. Um, but that that's how it feels. The, the stock answer the other night seemed to be, well, this is what it is. If you don't like it, tell us. But this is what it is, and if you don't like it, tell us, yeah. And if we tell you we don't like it, what are you going to do about it? What's going to come next? Um, and I know it's still relatively early days, but the, the, the cover of its new owners, the, take the new off now, they're the owners. Everything they do now is on them including putting out tweets that feel like an attack on the fan base <laughs> and so uh can you imagine if Derek and Bias had come out and said something like that yeah you're right i found in, Darren in, Curry's, in i found i found Darren curry's message mitch he's but bizarre you changed the ticket system you let the tourists in you sell the tickets on a third party website you instruct the stewards to tell fans to sit down in the meantime what a performance by the team and once again war flags doing what they do best which I, that's a pretty good tweet for me. I think it nails yeah. it, Mitch. It does. And and there, there's the thing. It's really um it's 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 frustrating. I'm I'm with anybody who puts in the chat, why are you talking about this? Didn't we have a great match yesterday? Yeah, we did. But a fantastic match yesterday. Mm -hmm. We should be rattling around about four one and um uh, and it, the, the only thing that would have made yesterday better would have been if Chelsea Robert turned out for the game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it, it 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 really was a superb performance. The lads deserve every bit of praise. Now, we shouldn't really be talking about matters around it. But we've got to because, like I say, you imagine Derek Lombias had, had had a Twitter account and put something like that out on Twitter. Can you imagine the reaction? And... In some respects, my dad's got away with it because of who he is and where they are with the ownership and there's still a little bit of honeymoon period there for some people. Um, we also need to to be aware and be as inclusive as we can as a fan base and try to encourage those who come to the ground who don't have a clue to give them a clue, get them to join in in any way, shape or form they can. Um, you can either embrace it or and remain parochial in my mindset. And if we remain parochial in my mindset, that's all we'll ever be. We'll be the biggest club in Newcastle. Yeah, uh, well, you know, well, with uh, uh, Silverstone and Eels, it's not a criticism because they have the ability and the power to change it. So it's communication or listening. As this thing's grown legs, it's week on week. You see it, you hear it, you read it. Where again unsuccessful in the ballot, again unsuccessful in the ballot, again unsuccessful. You know, 
and then the, these are people who become slowly detached with the Newcastle lads is becoming. And we should be celebrating this. You know, it was, we beat one of our supposed rivals out of sight yesterday, you know, and, and we should be sitting here waxing lyrical about it, saying what a wonderful team performance to a man. Everyone, everyone was great. So what we what we need to be, mate, or what they need to be mindful of is if not not if you kick a dog too many times, it'll eventually bite you. But don't take people for granted, especially Jonies. They don't like being told what to do, and just you just gotta accept it and say right, everything's great because we said you had to say that, uh, and that's when you get some kickback. So it, it's important if if they are watching shows like this. To, to listen and try and communicate with fans and how can we improve it? Because, of course, they're not going to keep everyone happy. It's impossible to. But I, I think that if there was a communication there when we are trying to make things better, put the hands up. Yes, this is the reason that we're doing this. Yes, we have to generate more money. So people's intelligence, we know the club needs to generate more money. And the corporates is one way of doing it. But if if the club were involved with allowing tickets to go at much higher than face value, is it is it slowly trying to get people out who are going to pay a cost price to get more people in who are happy to pay more? And that then does have the knock-on effect with the with the atmosphere. So there is solutions, uh, or even just little wins, is a phrase that was used quite often on this show uh, a couple of years ago. You know, but they can make it by reaching out and actually listening, not saying, send your questions in, and then we'll read out the ones that we know we can answer. And then you can clap us and we can walk off stage and think everything's brilliant. You know, the, if things aren't going wrong, that's how that's how you get things better, by listening when things aren't going wrong and looking to improve it. When things aren't going right, sorry, and looking to improve it. And from all I've seen, they, they are at the top of their game in their, their respective fields. And but Darren Eels himself, he was a lot more hands on with the fans in Atlanta than what I've seen with in Newcastle. And, and that's something that can be improved, even if it's once a month, just invite 20, 30, 40, 50 season ticket holders to St. James's Park and, and just sit with them, have a coffee, have a pint, tell us the issues. And you'll get then a regular or, or what should build up as a pattern where you'll say, right, these are the real fans' issues. Not just inviting people who are all getting what they want from it. So bugger everyone else. We've got ours. Well, of course, we didn't get told everything's brilliant. You know, it's a true friend is someone who can tell you you're doing something wrong, but still put their arm around you and tell you that they love you. And this is this is what these need to do. They need to tell the fans, we are here for you. We are together. We are moving forward together. But we need your feedback. And if you need to give us criticism, as long as it's done constructively, then there's nothing wrong with that. And as I said earlier, they're not going to fix everyone's problems because everyone could have an issue. I need a ticket. I should have a ticket. I went to this game 40 years ago. Everyone's got a case of why they should get in, but they could look at how these are the how things are getting allocated at the moment and, and just listen more. And then to be seen to be acting on it, that would be it wouldn't just be appeasement. It would actually it would actually silence a lot of the the noise that's being made at the moment. Yeah, lots of people commenting in the chat about Terry Venables, of course. Uh, rest in peace to uh, one of our maverick managers, uh, Crystal Palace team back in the uh, late 70s and early 80s is one that 
I think everybody remembers there was a wonderful documentary on Sky not so long ago about that particular team and um, on a on a virtual zero budget he, he brought in the youngsters and uh, went on to uh, to win a wonderful promotion campaign but uh, yeah great England manager uh, another one who got so close uh, to winning some kind of silverware um, had Gaza just reached that ball uh, might have been a different story but uh, yeah rest in peace Terry Venables uh, one of football's characters who died earlier um, this weekend at the age of 80. Okay, time for the ad. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 253. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. A big thanks to Mr Vicky's sauces. They are handmade in Cumbria. If you want to order some of these sauces, call 01768 210 102 or go to the website mrvickies.co.uk Thanks again to United Group Travel. They are a UK coach holiday firm and they are based in Morpeth with pickups throughout the northeast. No strangers on our tours, just people you haven't met yet. They're on Facebook. They've also got a website unitedgrouptravel.com or give them a call 01670 632 460 or 0791 4174 or 07957 141 654. Big thanks to Darren Baldwin Funerals. They're an independent funeral director based in Gateshead. You can find them at their website, darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk or give them a call 0191 478 2730 or email darren at darrenbaldwinfunerals.co.uk. Big thanks to Neil and the lads at Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And a big thank you to New Workwear. You can find them at newworkwear.com. If you want to help the channel, then please subscribe. Hit the subscribe button underneath today's video. Hit the thumb up, which helps you like the video. And please click share and share it to your other social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. If you want to help the channel, you could take out a one-off membership. You get a cup, a pen, a membership card, and a scarf. It's a £25 one-off fee, and you can go to nufcmatters.com and click membership, or put your smartphone over this QR code, and it will take you straight there. We also help the food bank on this channel. If you want to help the food bank virtually from wherever you are in the world, click on nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and it takes you to the match day bucket and you can make a donation no matter how big or small. I'm also involved in the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show. You can find us on the tuneuk.com. I do Monday to Friday with Ted, the Sunderland fan, and Rye, the Borough fan, and Radio Dad Dave. Uh, lots of fun, seven or nine every morning. Give us a listen, you'll not regret it. We also help support people in the area who are putting events on. And even when Nobby Solano takes place on the 19th of January at the Tyneside Irish Club, and an even with Peter Beardsley takes place at the Tyneside Irish Centre the week before on January the 12th. Tickets for both events are available on Woucher and would make fantastic Christmas presents for anyone of a black and white persuasion. 
Thanks to Dave for this. It made me laugh earlier. I love this show. You always see a word. I've got, I've got no clue what it means. Parochial is today's. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, that. Um, okay, Paris Saint-Germain. Let's look ahead to that, first of all, lads. Um, Tuesday, uh, Champions League. And uh, after, the, after the game at, at home... Um, I think Newcastle go to this game with, with a bit of confidence. And I mean the game we've just played against Chelsea, but also the game that we played in the earlier uh, group stage when we when we beat PSG 4-1. There's nothing nothing to fear here um, for, for me. And, you know, I think talk of Newcastle maybe being out of the Premier League, is, uh, out of the Champions League, sorry, is a little bit premature. But... Um, Big game this, and I guess we have to we have to do a, a check on the walk at wounded. Um, you know, obviously there's players who can't can't be involved, as we've, we've spoken about in in you know in previous Champions League games. The certain players who didn't make the uh, the squad uh, weren't weren't picked for the squad, uh, but also um, you know the injury list grows. Willock was a surprise uh, to, to most yesterday, but um, you know Manquillo, Kraft, Richie, and Gillespie, of course, were all omitted. Um, Bruno as well goes into this tie on two bookings, so another yellow card would see him miss the AC Milan game. So he, he has to be careful. But yeah, it's uh, we've got nothing, we've got nothing to be worried about with this one, Mitch. I will really you go and yeah. go and experience and enjoy it. Exactly, and I think we've we've <laughs> we've proved very emphatically we've got the beating of them. <clears throat> I think you'll find some of the walk and wounded were being held back for Tuesday. I think the gap Saturday to Tuesday. Um, it was going to be a case of one or the other for some of those players, but not both. Um, and I think uh, we can go because a lot of the media seem to have written off already as well. Uh, and I suspect Eddie will use that as a little bit of a motivator. We're not out of it at all. And if we can, we can come away with three points from Paris, then it's all to play for going into the last game at home. That's in James's Park under the lights against Milan, a team that we, we drew there. So again, we've got you know the, the beating of them in there. So I think uh, let's go with that attitude. We've got nothing to nothing to lose. Um, I think Stephen's right as well. I think PSG are going to be missing a few players too. So that can all work in our favour. And if they play the way they did it in James's Park, which for me was very much like what Chelsea did in the second half against us the other day, there could be another hammering in the oven. Mm. Thanks very much to Ferry Hill Mags. Hopefully see you next weekend, mate, uh, for the donation. We'll stick that in the pot for Christmas when I see the lads. Um, Stu, PSG, you know, you, you've already had a taste of the old uh, Champions League uh, this yeah. season. Um Another big game, exciting game. You know, Newcastle fans on the way there now. Um, what are you, what are you expecting to see with this game on on Tuesday night? Well, I'll tell you what I don't want to see uh, is the green shirts. They just not need. They don't need to wear them. They should be wearing the black and white. It doesn't clash. Play with play with the the stripes and the and go and show them no respect because they'll come out. They'll come out with a point to prove and to. Because we, we did hand hand their arse to them, didn't we? So yeah. they're going to come back and want to do the same to us. And if we sit back and allow them to, then it's quite possible they could reverse the result. But if we go there with intent, with intensity, and with the belief, then there's no reason why we can't come away with three points. And what would make the night even better is if Dortmund beats Milan. 
and we can go through with Dortmund after that because they, they've got the points on the board now. And and I think if we if we beat PSG again, then I can see we should qualify after that. So no green shirts. Go out there and play like we did yesterday, like how we can. And that should be enough to beat them because they don't like it. You know, they're, they're, they seem to be a bunch of prima donnas. And what they don't need is a, a team of grafters rolling the sleeves up and not giving them a minute's peace. So get in their faces, force the mistakes and take our chances. Because yesterday, every goal we scored was was excellent in, in its own way. There was four excellent goals yesterday. And I think if we score two excellent ones on Tuesday, then that should be enough for us to take three points. Jersey Mark, thanks for your question. He says, looking ahead to December's fixtures, if we do well, we can move into the top four in a decent January window. We can stay as January will be serious test in terms of games. What do you guys think? I mean, I just think like Eddie Howe, Mitch, he's got me, he's got me, you know, thinking the way he does, one game at a time. Uh, don't look ahead, you know, take your time and just just focus on one game at a time. And I I, I think he's almost hypnotized me into that way of thinking now. I don't look ahead. Uh, anymore, I, I you know, try not to. Anyway, the only game that I'm I'm thinking of, I've got to be honest, is the Carabao Cup. I'm just hoping that some of our walking wounded will be back for that game, and that um, you know we can put out a really strong team down there and 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 you know get through to the semi final. Mm. Um, look, I think it's the situation with the injuries. The look has got to reverse a little bit at some stage, and we'll end up with three or four back all at once. And suddenly it'll look better. Um, so it will be great. Would be would be great if that can happen. Um, but yeah, I think one game at a time is the only way to do it. It's working. It's working, and, and, and I think we we definitely have to look at each game and not worry too much about the next game. Focus on the task in hand. Um, and I don't think we'll go far wrong. Same for you, then, Stu. One game at a time, or do you? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, Jersey Mag's talking about, you know, having a good December and potentially spending some money or getting some good loans in, in, in you know, in January, and you know, feeling that the top four is 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 doable again this year. Uh, top four is definitely doable this year. But if anyone believes anyhow when he says one game at a time. And he, he doesn't look further on, then they might as well believe his injury reports and his press conferences as well, because is he's too savvy, intelligent just to look at one game at a time, and he has their players' welfare at heart. And I think in an ideal world, he would want to arrest someone like Lewis Miley. He doesn't want to burn him out too soon, but at the moment, it needs most of its all hands to the pump. And I know me, Mitch, and uh, Steve Hasty, and everyone else in the, in the in the bar in Dubai yesterday watching the game. Whenever someone went down, the hearts were in the mouth. And oh, he's he's done. That's another injury. And and you know they've got us on uh, like a cat on a hot roof, haven't they? With everyone's panicking as soon as someone goes down, clutching. Oh no, it's a hamstring. That could be months. So uh, I'm agreeing with Mitch. It, it has to change in our favour at some stage. We just need to get through this. And, and I think by by what I was watching the first hour there of Man United before we come on, and there's nothing there that frightens me at all. Nothing there that frightens me at all. And we're not playing them until late next Saturday night, so there's plenty of rest time. There'll be time to get 
training in, there'll be time to get tactics in. Uh, so agreeing with Eddie Howe when he's one game at a time, I think he'll go as strong as he can, and he should, because I've, I've said it repeatedly, I'm not in this camp before, but let's Tuesday to, to win on Saturday, because you end up losing both if you do that. Uh, you put all the eggs in one basket, you should try and win every game of football. And the reason that we want to win on Saturday is so we can qualify for the Champions League. What's the point in qualifying for it if you don't want to win the games when you're in it? It doesn't make sense. So, the, the yes, we want to win every game. And we have a team that is capable of beating Paris and Shabal and Man United. Now, imagine saying that two or three years ago. We are capable of beating them. And we've, we've proven that already this season. We've beat them both comfortably by three clear goals. So, why can't we do beat them both again? And, and that's the... I mean, I suppose the Stockholm syndrome that Mitch often quotes, but it's the mindset that we've got that we need to change. We shouldn't be saying, oh, well, we'll you know, we'll rest players because we'll lose that game. We'll lose the game if we do rest players. If we go there with a full team and get beat, then we've got beat. But if we go there with a full team, it gives us a much better chance of winning. And isn't that why we support them? We want to see them try their best and win. So go there strong and, and do it the best you can. And that's where you get the wheel support you have of all mantra. Mm, it's um, it, you know, for me personally, I'm looking forward to you know the next month. Um, there's what another nine games in another thirty days, and it's uh, you know the, the games are coming thick and fast for me. Really looking forward to to, to the Champions League games. I, I still think we've got an opportunity to get through, but every time you think that Newcastle are you know, struggling, they're going to struggle, look at what they've got on the bench, they, they, go, and, they go and prove you wrong. I think we've just got to accept that um, Eddie Howe is, is, is essentially managing everybody in the same way and, and he's, got a, he's got a hold on his, you know, on, 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 the, on the club, if you like. You know, he's not just looking at the, uh, he's not just looking at the first team, he's looking at the, you know, the, the academy all the way through and he knows his players, he knows, he knows who's available, he knows who can play where. Um, and, and and ultimately that you know the youngsters that we we fielded yesterday and we'll, we'll get back to that before we uh, before we finish tonight the youngsters that came on yesterday uh, Alex Murphy um, uh, Michael Ndweni and Amadou Diallo um, I mean that those three names nobody knows them and people at the ground yesterday thought it was that's not Jacob Murphy is it who's who's coming on is it on the bench is it no it's Alex Murphy and and, and I thought Alex Murphy did very well. Um, he was the player I was referring to earlier on about making the mistake, but didn't get his head down and just kept on going, you know. And and the crowd responded to him as well, which will have given him, um, which will have given him a major boost, you know. When when he you know he, he lost the ball and he went back for it and re, and, and rewon the ball and and it, it was just great to see. But having these youngsters, they'll gain so much experience. And this was the season we were looking at Elliot Anderson becoming a you know a force in 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 the squad, Mitch, but. You know, now we've got Lewis Miley who who looks yeah. looks he's earning, earning his right to be there. He's played in the Champions League, he's played in the Premier League. You know, Elliot Anderson must be looking at this going, My God, you know, there's more competition now for me. But it's great for the it's great for the club. And that's a fantastic thing. And um, you know, Miley did very well yesterday. That pass for Isaac was was superb and then some. Um Alex Murphy had a great preseason and he looked comfortable. He looked absolutely comfortable in America. He didn't look out of sorts at all. Didn't look like you just chucked a kid in in with the first team. As he looked comfortable in that uh, in those games, and so he did yesterday. Um, and Dwayne is 
someone who the mark too, you know, Trotley lads, um, and come up through the, the the ranks in the academy, and so you look forward to perhaps we've got an heir apparent to the Mackham Slayer, uh, and all of these things that are lovely little stories that are given. When is the last time we can you know talk about the thriving academy and bringing people through? Probably Shola and his brother and Andy Carroll and uh, you know that that that's your last little cluster. So I think any for them to get Premier League when it's under their belt um, will be a boost for them as a player. And it shows to those guys that the first team isn't unreachable. It's it's within your grasp if you perform and improve and perform and improve and you already have the trust of the manager he's already stuck you on albeit in the last few minutes of a of a game against Chelsea against Chelsea in the Premier League at the highest possible level and he's trusted you to go on for five ten minutes there and get some miles under your belt fantastic boost for them boost for the squad love it Great to see the youngsters come through. Alex Brown, uh, Ian Brownie says Alex Murphy will be a first teamer next season. The kid is quality. Uh, Miley is that good? Will be retiring his shirt on his testimonial, says Anthony. <laughs> Mark Byer says Miley must be pinching himself. I know what I was up there when I was 17 and it wasn't playing in the Champions League. It was driving around like a knacker in my dad's Peugeot 309. Uh, and Alan Thompson says, remember Tino is only 21 and already looks like a seasoned pro. 100%. The long staffs are probably the last, says Spenny as well. Uh, yeah. Phil, you're right. Lewis Miley did do well in the preseason against Chelsea, but under the uh, under the lights at St James's Park yesterday, he was absolutely superb. And uh, you, 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 I've seen the comparisons on 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 Twitter, especially people saying one of these players is worth 105 million, the other players Lewis Miley. Well, you know that that probably sums it up. He he bossed that midfield yesterday. Well, yeah, great to see the youngsters coming through, Stu, isn't it? There's some I've mentioned the names already. Um, but you know, plenty of hope for the future for us. Uh, definitely, and uh, I don't know what, if it was no use that there. I can't be Jacob Murphy. Uh, one of the lads, and forgive me ignorance for not knowing his name. I thought it was like Ruth Fox's love child. You know, he, he was small, wasn't he? But he, he seemed to have burst in with pride. And and to me, it was canny management from Eddie Howe. The game was won. Go and get some minutes. So there's your trust. But what it also does is they've had a taste of it. And if you want to taste of something good, you want it again. So they'll go back into their respective squad and they'll be buzzing, telling their, their players, their, their teammates, we did it, we did it. So it'll create the right attitude where the, their teammates will think, well, I want my chance. And it should elevate the, the team below to, to come on. And it does show that the, the, there is a pathway into the first team. Yes, albeit we've got injuries, but you didn't have to put them on yesterday. He could have just stayed as it was, but he, he didn't. Uh, and it, it, to me, it showed that the whole squad is, is together because the, the team that started was a very good first 11. But scratching the surface, you've got three goalkeepers on the bench and uh, three youngins and you start thinking, if this game's tight, and do we have any game changes on the bench? And, it, and then we had the news of Willock being injured just before the game as well. You know, so you start thinking, oh, this this could go one way or the other. Thankfully for us, it went our way, and these youngins will remember their de their debut for the rest of their lives. But they will want to come on again, and they will want to do it again. And it can only be good for not just the first team, but uh, for the youth teams as well. Uh, and long term, 
if they get another chance, they'll want another chance. So they'll try their best to get another chance. So it was clever. It was canny just to stick the board and say, right, lads, go out and enjoy yourselves, play your normal game. And it was also good how the the, the senior players looked after them as well. Yeah, lots of reference towards that in the chat. The way that the uh, the lads, uh, you know, came around them and uh, give them advice, etc. And uh, yeah, brilliant stuff. A uh, lot of a lot of hope for the future. Okay, before we finish, just give us a quick prediction, Mitch, for uh, the PSG game. What's your What's your prediction on that one? Two one to us. Two one. Okay, Stu. Two nil to us. Two nil. Okay, two wins predicted. Um, I'm going to go for a. A 1-1 draw in Paris, I'm afraid. I don't think we'll win, but hey, I'd love to be proved wrong. I'm back tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, with the fans forum. Uh, look forward to seeing you then. And uh, you'll see the lads for Geordie's here. Geordie's there, all being well on Wednesday night. Take care, lads. Good night. Cheers, everyone.